0: If you can't impeach someone that went through Senate confirmation, that's in the administration, if we can't impeach someone when they're directly violating their oath to enforce the laws, I'm not sure what you can do it for.
1: This is the Daily Still Podcast for Monday, April 24th. I'm Virginia Allen, and that was Texas Congressman Chip Roy. If America's southern border is to be secured, Congress must use the power of the purse to bring the president to his knees and sit at the table. That's according to Roy. Roy is calling for Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas to be impeached and held accountable for the crisis on our border. Roy joins me today on the podcast to explain the case to impeach Mayorkas and what Republicans are doing to secure the border. Stay tuned for our conversation after this. This is Mike at the Heritage Foundation. I know how the left and the deep state operate because I've seen it from the inside. When I was working for the Trump administration, I learned how the left made our lives miserable and how they continued to think they could play by their own rules. Well, now we're taking all these tricks and tactics that were deployed against the Trump administration and turning them against the Biden regime. Through the work of the oversight project, we're exposing the left for what they are and embarrassing some actors responsible. We're using strategic FOIAs and fearless litigation to force these bureaucrats to deliver documents they'd prefer to never see the light of day. But for our work to be successful, we need patriots like you to stand with us. You can take action now. Visit heritage.org slash oversight to learn more. There's no time to waste. It is my pleasure today to welcome to the show Texas Congressman Chip Roy. Congressman, thanks for being here. Great to be on. About a year ago, you asked, under oath, uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas if he had operational control of the southern border. He said yes. Now, just recently, Representative Dan Bishop asked Mayorkas that same question, and Mayorkas responded that under the definition of operational control, it's impossible to really Mm -hmm. meet that definition, that no one has ever met that definition of operational control. Your response?
0: Well, uh, in the Judiciary Committee hearing, in which he looked at me and said that he did have operational control, I had a uh, poster board with the text of the statute uh, laying out in the um, Secure Fence Act from I think it's 2006, uh, where it specifically says that the Secretary shall maintain operational control of the border, and it lays out what that is, and uh, it includes stopping illegal, uh, you know, trafficking of narcotics, um, illegal trafficking of human beings. Um, and he said, yeah, we have operational control. In fact, he was a little bit uh, cocky about it, kind of said, oh, yeah, kind of snickered. And, um, you know, we called him out for it. We knew that wasn't true. Of course you don't have operational control of the border. The cartels have control of the border. You can't have 8,000 people a day coming across. 72,000 Americans die from fentanyl poisoning and say you have operational control. It's clearly a lie. So I was great. It was great. Uh, yesterday, uh, Homeland Security Chairman Mark Green, you know, raised this issue. In fact, I think he played the clip or showed uh, that mm-hmm. exchange that I'd had with Secretary Mayorkas. And, and Mayorkas, as you just pointed out, he backpedaled. And, and Dan Bishop was a part of that as well. my good friend who's on judiciary. He backpedaled. And uh, he, he was like, well, you know, nobody's been able to adhere to that standard. Well, then why didn't you say that last year? First of all. Second of all, it is the standard. It is the law and you can adhere to that standard or you certainly can achieve the vast majority of it as President Trump proved by making sure we were using microprotection protection protocols. Uh, Making sure that we were uh, enforcing the laws of the border using Title 42, putting the bed capacity in place and sending a message to the world that we're not going to allow people just to flood in. We dropped the numbers down dramatically. Unfortunately, this president reversed those things. The bill that we passed through the Judiciary Committee yesterday would take a giant step towards forcing the administration to do what they're supposed to do and enforce the law.
1: Talk a little bit more about that. How are you all pushing the administration to actually secure the border? How are you pressuring them?
0: Well, the first step is we, Republicans, need to agree on what border security looks like. What have we done? We have successfully separated this notion of the components of, quote, comprehensive immigration reform, which has been failing for the better part of two decades plus. We failed in 06, 07, in 12, 13, again in 18, uh, Republicans and Democrats. My view is you have to do border security and immigration, all of that sequentially. You have to start with border security. What we passed yesterday is a comprehensive border security bill. So it's not a comprehensive immigration reform bill. Um, And that border security bill would make us enforce the law. It would say that, hey, we're going to use micro protection protocols. We're going to say that you have to be detained. We're gonna say that we're no longer gonna split families up. We're gonna have families stay together, but we're gonna keep you in process and adjudicate your asylum claims. We're gonna tighten asylum claims down to make sure that you have to claim them at a port of entry or that you can't claim them just for being a part of some social group as opposed to a specific credible fear of persecution for your religious beliefs or political beliefs. All of that will send a very loud signal that we're serious about border security, and there are very specific provisions in there that would give the secretary Title 42 type authority without a pandemic, and a mandate that you shall not release, under no circumstances shall you release into the United States. You'll detain, you will use microprotection protection protocols, you will use safe third countries, or you're gonna take an asylum claim and say you're gonna wait in Mexico. That's what you're gonna have to do. Now, that'd be step one. Step two is to force the Senate to act. And if they won't act, step three is to use the power of the purse to force the president to have to come to the table.
1: Okay. now you all in just given the situation at the border, you have called along with several other GOP members for Secretary Mayorkas salary to be defunded. You've also called for him to be impeached. Do you maintain that Secretary Mayorkas should be impeached?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, for the last two years, I've said that we ought to be bringing him before the Judiciary Committee and we ought to be um uh you know bringing forth um, you know articles of impeachment why for the very reason we already talked about he lied to us uh, we we know that he knew full well that he didn't have operational control when he said he did um he was lying about his own border patrol agents who have to work for him when he said they were whipping haitian migrants at the rio grande river when in fact he knew he had a memo saying it wasn't true we saw with our own eyes it wasn't true all of america did and yet he went to the podium anyway and said it was systemic racism So with all due respect, he's not been uh, truthful. He has not carried out his constitutional duty to enforce the laws. And I believe that those are the uh, kinds of things that rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. It's not just maladministration. You're specifically uh, refusing to enforce the laws of the United States. Mm -hmm. If you can't impeach someone that went through Senate confirmation that's in the administration, if we can't impeach someone when they're directly violating their oath to enforce the laws – I'm not sure what you can do it for. So we should do that. On the other issue and using things like the Holman rule or otherwise, strip a salary out and stuff, that's fine. Yeah, I'd support that, but let's not get distracted by shiny objects. A lot of my, even my own colleagues in my own party, they're like, oh, I got this idea that will show him. I ain't gonna show him, I don't think, I'll do it. But you want to get serious about it? Use the power of the purse to bring the president to his knees and sit at the table and say, you're gonna do your job and you're gonna secure the border. That's what has to happen.
1: When these hearings take place, what often happens is you see from Democrats comments made about uh, Republicans engaging in political grandstanding when comments are made about things like impeaching Mayorkas. Yeah. What's your response to that?
0: Well, i just like them to go explain to me how the 53 migrants who cooked in a tractor trailer in San Antonio last August think about that being grandstanding. Or the 856 bodies that have been found along the Rio Grande River in South Texas or along the border in, in Arizona, is that grandstanding? Is it grandstanding to talk about the thousands of little girls that are in the sex trafficking trade as we speak? or little boys and girls being put into basically the equivalent of slavery and labor in the United States? Uh, While we empower cartels and while China gets uh, enriched, running fentanyl into our communities with 72,000 dead Americans, including at least five or six in my own Hayes County ISD who have died in the last six months. If that's grandstanding to try to protect those individuals, protect migrants, protect Americans, stop cartels and stop China, then accuse me of grandstanding all day long. But I will stand up for them. I'll do it in front of a camera. I will do it in front of a microphone because they need a voice. They deserve a voice. And I can tell you the ones who are grandstanding, it's Democrats who pat themselves in the back in the false name of compassion about how great they are for brown people and migrants and all their little games they like to play to divide us by race, divide us by class. American people are sick of that garbage. They want the border secure. They want us to have a great Christian heart to be able to figure out how we're going to take care of people who need it. But that doesn't mean that 7.7 billion people can just waltz into the United States. We're a sovereign nation. We should have a secure border. If a child's at your doorstep, you take care of that child, and then you figure out what to do next. But you don't allow these... Folks who are on the other side of the aisle predominantly, a few on our own side of the aisle, to be honest, who want to play the race card game and they want to play this whole divide us up, uh, divvying us up by race, to quote Chief Justice John Roberts, that I think is killing our country.
1: There's an issue that you just recently spoke out on, and that is uh, a report that came out from The New York Times that uh, 85,000 migrant yeah. children have essentially been lost. Uh, the federal government doesn't know where they are. They came across the border illegally illegally. Now we can't locate them. Um, what is the solution to this problem?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, we talked about this, and I brought it up in the Judiciary Committee yesterday. And uh, and look, I don't even like I don't like to play fast and loose with facts. I mean, I tried to make this clear yesterday that not saying you are, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying. 85,000 is not as if they've probably been lost, but it is true that the bureaucracy of HHS has no idea where these 85,000 kids are. Mm-hmm. I mean, call that lost, call that we don't know where you are, but it just goes to show you what happens when the compassion of government and government bureaucracy is brought into play, what actually, what actually uh, happens, what this means. They were all the ones going around, kids in cages, right? The very cages, quote-unquote, that Barack Obama put in place. Uh, that, we, that we inherited and that the Trump administration used to keep kids safe. Like I've been to those facilities uh, to separate kids from unknown adults. Do you want a 7-year-old or 13-year-old in, a, in a, uh, a room with no windows, no glass, with some dude that that child doesn't know? That's what these uh, uh, folks that are trying to play games with this stuff are allowing to occur. Uh, 85,000 kids being misplaced tells you everything you need to know about this current administration um, and how reckless they are uh, with the truth and the facts. And what do you think is going to happen when you tell the world, hey, here's how you can come to the United States. Just say the word asylum and you get released. Just say you're a kid and you're an unaccompanied child, you get to come in. Is that a good message to send to the world? So that a parent puts their child on a train and says, good luck, go to America. That's a bad way to do business, and we shouldn't do it.
1: Why are so many kids coming to the border unaccompanied? What's Because going on we're there?
0: telling them that you get a okay. get-out-of-jail-free card and get to come into the United States if you do it. Mm-hmm. So what we should do is what we do is have a legal path to come to the United States Uh, If you're going to claim asylum, you come to a port of entry or you go to your government or whatever, and you say, hey, I'm being persecuted, and you have a path to asylum. There are other mechanisms. If you're a refugee, uh, whether you're from Ukraine or otherwise, there are refugee laws. We should all have um, absolute compassion as a country to help refugees, people who need it, people being persecuted. We've always been a beacon of hope for people around the world, and we should be. But we also have to be rational. We also need to get back in the business of exporting the rule of law exporting our strength, have a strong Western hemisphere. Today I'm going to talk about China here at the Heritage event. Why are we letting China have a front seat at our backyard table, right here, sitting here in South America? They're coming right in, Central America. Um, Let's end that. Let's export the rule of law. Let's build a massive growing economy throughout the Western Hemisphere. We need a Monroe Doctrine for the 21st century. We need to be on offense, hope whoever the next president is, be it a Republican, Lord willing, at 25, that we march forward beating China by going on offense. Not going around going, oh, my God, what are we going to do about China? How about just be America? Hmm.
1: Speaking of China, I want to read something uh, that you recently said. You, you said, my colleagues on the other side of the aisle bury their head in the sand and refuse to acknowledge the crisis at the border, which is empowering cartels, which is empowering China, which is causing migrants to die, which is causing Americans to die. Why do you say that the current crisis on our southern border is empowering China?
0: Uh, because it is. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we know that 90% of the precursors or the finished product fentanyl is coming from China. Yes, cartels are actually increasingly making it there using those precursors. uh, But that's being funneled through, which is giving a lot of money to cartels and empowering China. It's empowering China both because they, they make money on it, but it's also giving China a foothold in Mexico. China has a foothold in our border cities and communities. We had foreign, uh, uh, Chinese foreign nationals that have been discovered coming across our border. What about the ones we haven't discovered? Mm-hmm. What about the, I don't even know what the number is anymore, the million and a half or so, or more um, Godaways that we don't even know who they are, where they come from. We know that some of them are Chinese nationals. We know that some of them are coming from uh, terror states, because we've caught some from, from terror states, and we've caught Chinese nationals. Um, the fact is, we're giving China everything they need to be able to insert themselves into the Western Hemisphere. We see what's happening down in South America, where they're now favoring China over Taiwan. Why? Because China's buying them off. They're coming in and giving them money. They're coming in and giving them trade deals. And those countries are saying, well, I guess we'll go with China. Why? Because America's sitting here asleep. This is, this is like the 1930s in the sense that America's just kind of sitting around going, oh, you know, we're America. Well, we're going to lose the dollar uh, were, to China cutting deals with Brazil, if we don't get on offense right now, stop bowing down. You know, bowing down to the you know China to the uh, climate fetish industry here. Get American energy going. Export liquefied natural gas. Stop buying Chinese solar panels and, and making ourselves weaker instead of having a strong national security. We can go on offense and beat China without even having to attack China. Mm. We should do that.
1: That's significant. What you just said that we are at risk of losing the dollar. Sure. How quickly could that happen?
0: Uh, you got to talk to people who are much smarter than I am about, (laughs) you know, currency and banking and everything else, but let's just be clear. If China and Brazil are talking about it, if India is talking about it, uh, there's something there. If we've got $32 trillion of debt, if we keep spending money we don't have, if we're willing to bail out a bank in Silicon Valley because some rich elitists up there in some tech companies who misspent their, you know, misused their dollars, we want to go take care of them. Uh, while we have inflationary pressures after dumping trillions of dollars in COVID and won't even hold China accountable for what they did to create COVID and they cover up COVID, if we won't fight all that stuff, how in the hell is anybody going to want to have the dollar as their as their reserve currency? Because we're a weak nation that refuses to stand up in defense of our values, go around the world talking about how great uh, our principles are that have made this world great and have a strong mer- military that is hardly ever used. Mm. Why do we have a military for 20 years where we have an authorization of the use of military force in Iraq when Saddam Hussein's been dead for like 18 years or 17 years, whatever it is? It's insane. Our country has all of our uh, principles back backwards. And it's because of this current leadership. But I also want to say one other thing. It's Republicans who have forsaken core conservative principles. And we need to get back on that path. A limited government a strong military, sparingly used, strong sovereignty, but yes, with with the doors open that are supposed to be open, but following the rule of law. Restore the rule of law in this country. Restore economic strength on the back of small businesses, not corporate cronyism. Give health care back to patients and and to doctors. And to end what we're doing right now, which is empowering the wealthy, the rich elites, because we're we're forsaking the principles that made our country great, uh, and we should be exporting those to the world rather than doing that.
1: Congressman, one final question on the border, and then I want to let you go. Uh, What is the next step as, as you and your colleagues move forward with trying to bring order, restore order to the southern border? What's next?
0: We should pass the bill uh, off the House floor that we just passed. Uh, We should send it to the Senate. We should tell Chuck Schumer, you need to pass this. We should message it hard. We shouldn't bat an eye. We should tell the president that he should enforce those things and that he should encourage Democrats to pass the bill. When they don't, we should beat the snot out of them over the next election cycle. The next president uh, should run on the back of that bill and the policies invested in it. And we shouldn't be funding uh, a government that doesn't embrace most or all of those policies. I think that we should have a debt ceiling fight, yes. But as we head to the appropriation cycle heading into September, why am I going to go fund a Department of Homeland Security that won't embrace the bill that we just passed? We should fight for it. We should use the power of the purse that James Madison explained in Federalist 58 is the most powerful weapon you have in the people's house to check an executive branch that's out of control and tyrannical. That's my paraphrase because I can't remember his exact words because they're better than mine. But that's what we should do.
1: Congressman Chip Roy, thank you for your time. We truly appreciate it.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: And we're going to leave it there for today. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Daily Signal podcast. If you haven't had a chance, be sure to check out our evening show right here in this podcast feed where we bring you the top news of the day. Also, make sure to subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. Thanks again for joining us today. And we'll see you right back here at 5 p.m. for our top news edition.